Welcome you to the Exercast, the Outcast After Show show. Tonight, season one, episode five. I am your humble host, Father Daniel. Father Nathan, are you there? I am here. Thank you for the for the warm welcome, Father Daniel. Uh, is is the altar boy here? Oh yeah. Oh there. Gee, <laughs> don't you pop out like that? Ooh, <laughs> little rascal. Ah. <laughs> uh. Just love creeping in corners. Gentlemen, uh, we also have a, another guest uh, this evening. Uh, Sister Chelsea has joined us tonight with a very specific purpose. Uh, Sister Chelsea, would you like to explain to Father Daniel and the altar boy why you are here tonight? And let, let it be known that you haven't even watched the episode. What? Well, I've, been listen- I've been listening to a lot of vile language on the podcast, and I'm here to keep you all in check. Wait, May the Lord be with you. <laughs> S- oh, Sister oh. Chelsea is here to monitor how vile we are and to make sure that we don't get out of hand. So there may be moments during tonight's podcast where she says vile or um, asks us to dial it down a bit or, or explain to us that we've, that we've gone too far. Isn't that right? I will let the Lord speak through me. Uh, S- Sister Chelsea, we welcome you to the fold. Um, let me just let me just clarify this. So you have you have not seen a single episode of Outcast. I watched the first episode, but they're much too scary for me, so I haven't watched any since. Okay, so you at least have like a, a groundwork for what we're talking about. Yes, oh. yes. And she's also she's aware of who the characters are because she's been kind of in and out of the room as I've been watching it, and um, we actually have it playing in the background here, so she will be able to see what we're talking about. Okay, so otherwise she's just here to monitor our behavior. That's correct. Okay, altar boy, watch out. Um, specifically, <laughs> I believe Father Father Daniel has been the most vile. Mm. Nonsense, mm-hmm. nonsense. I've, I've right. only Jeez. ever spoken to the in the context of the show. Yeah. Um, we'll let the Lord be our judge. Yeah. Yes, we shall. And what an excellent night for the Lord to be our judge. Hopefully he's shining down upon us all right now. For uh, episode five of season one, Nathan, what is the name of this episode? The name of this episode is The Road Before Us. Lots of meaning to be contrived from that. And I will say right now that I dug this episode. I've been waiting for this episode. I understand you have to give a new show a little bit of time to crank the wheels and get its footing. But it was starting to get a little wishy-washy for me there. And I wasn't sure if I was going to have anything to hold on to because I've been grabbing on to, to the Reverend for dear life this entire time. And, to, and for this episode, I was like, some shit went down, the pace went up, and we finally got to learn some things about this universe. I was very uh, satisfied. Yeah, I'll say that. I'll, I'll echo that sentiment. And I'll also say that I think that the, the character relationships have kind of um, settled in a little bit. The, the uh, relationship between Reverend and Kyle has settled in a little bit. Kyle's in his, you know, he's, he's feeling some moxie and they're they're tossing some pretty heavy sass at each other. Oh, yeah. 
I feel like Although, this episode. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Although the the Holters seem to have just uh, moved on from uh, from the tire salesman incident, I we don't really get any of that in this episode at all. But no, that seems to have just blown right by. No consequence. <laughs> yeah, that did disappear. I didn't even think about them. Yeah, she. Yeah, you didn't even think about it. She, we ended the last episode with her at two in the morning busting up jars and glasses with a hammer and her husband potentially murdering someone <laughs> possibly dragging him off in front of the camera on his police cruiser oh uh sister chelsea this is um in reference to the holters um the sister the sister <laughs> of kyle and this yes oh i know who and, the holters are right okay well what happened was there's a guy that came to town who used to rape her and abuse her when she was a small child yes the husband found out about it accosted him in a traffic stop and possibly and, drug well in front of the camera on his police cruiser dragged him off screen into the bushes after beating the living shit out of him later on at home and in the kitchen sink with blood on his hand hiding it under a dish towel <laughs> while talking to his wife and this episode says nothing Ooh, it's like it didn't even happen <laughs> no conclusion right no well murder is wrong yeah maybe they're saving it who knows yes the lord be our guide mm. i think this uh the positive thing about this episode is it starts with another strong opening i've been a big fan of like every single opening so far with that little and, girl and the, and the closing yes. yeah that so they're uh they're like a beating each other up, trying to get the black goop out, but it really looks like she has one doll raping another. Yeah, she takes the male doll and starts slamming it into the female doll. Yeah, yeah, but she says get the black goop out. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she she can obviously send something because in this in this opening we finally get because all that we've heard of Kyle's wife is that we know a little bit of the background and how she was possessed, but Kyle has taken the blame upon himself, but she is completely unaware of this. And so when we finally get this opening with uh, the focus on Kyle's wife, we get to see this weird sort of psychedelic trance that she goes in and out of and how her rage is constantly having to be uh, checked. And she's just sort of zoning in on her daughter who's in the room by herself or thinks she's by herself playing with these two dolls and reenacting this violent uh, possession ceremony. And then it's not, it's not black goop. Alter boy, it's black poison. Black it's poison. For oh, she said poison. Okay. Um, Identifying it as a negative, evil thing. Can I just say that his wife needs to get rid of those bangs because? Yeah. What Dang. did Sister Chelsea? <laughs> what did you call her? Um, she's looking a bit like a basic bitch right now. <laughs> she is. She is a a very uh oddly Half- common looking girl for mm-hmm. a role. In a in a in a Cinemax produced uh, television show, but what do I know? Okay, maybe to add some like uh, legitimacy to this whole thing because they are in like a small southern town. Can mm-hmm. I can I introduce a nickname? Yeah, sure. Boring Jennifer Connelly. Ooh, no, no, no. Because I like Jennifer Connelly. I don't even I don't even though we're <laughs> we're saying she's like a boring derivative of. I, I don't even like that connection. I like Allison. Is That's that a, the wife? Yeah. Okay. Is That's she full? Is she, okay, let me ask a question here uh, before we proceed to the creepy uh, stakeout happening outside the window. Um, is there black poison inside of Allison? That uh, Well, we go in and out of thinking yes and no, I think, this whole episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
that's sort of the the through oh. the through line of this episode is wondering. Oh, actually, yeah. Go go ahead, intern. Because we gonna... did see in a previous episode that it came out, of like the... in one of the flashbacks of the wife. Yeah, we saw it of the mother. I didn't think we saw it of the wife. Oh, no, does it pour out on the ceiling when he's beating her up in the bedroom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of do remember that actually. But it's it's gonna bring up an interesting thing because here, um, there's been sort of they've they've half referenced it in each and every episode up until now that. Even though the Reverend has been spending all this time in this small town going around and try and, and and exercising people, that they're starting to maybe realize that maybe the exorcisms aren't working or that the demons are pretending like the exorcisms are working so that they'll be left alone. Oh, Kyle is firmly on the side of they're not working. Right. And that's and it they've sort of, you know, just barely been referencing it up until now. In this episode, that is gonna become the main fucking focus is mm-hmm. holy shit. We don't think that these things are working. So Kyle, that's, Kyle, that's and uh, and forth with the Reverend the whole time. Kyle's just like, well, maybe you, uh, maybe you didn't do it right because it doesn't really seem like what you're doing works. Yeah, the Reverend's yeah. like, well, no, I did it the same, and I carry the Lord with me, and I execute the Lord's goodwill, and and it, and it, it works the same as every other exorcism, and it just didn't work with that one. Right, because last episode, I'm prove it to you. Mildred b- became a, an issue. To this fact. Yep, yep. Uh, Sister Chelsea, just to let you know, what happened here was in the previous episode, Mildred, this creepy old lady that the Reverend claims to have exercised, um, he he didn't really exercise her. They they come across the epiphany that the Reverend doesn't really know what he's fucking doing, and and I could have told you that, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure you could have told us that. Oh yeah, that seems apparent. That he's not very competent. And his exorcisms don't work, and now Kyle's getting a little bit aggressive with them. But well, he, he does get, you know, an A for effort and an A for participation. Oh, right. man. He yeah. is the saddest character I have ever witnessed on television. Yeah, he's pretty much like Who? the intern. Kyle or the Reverend? <laughs> the, the Reverend. He's just, like, always fumbling around, and mm-hmm. he's so full of hope. But it's just useless, useless character. Useless. Oh no, no, no! He is the best character. I I know when you said you've been hanging on to the Reverend for dear life, I was like, really? Have I missed something? He's, he's the B movie fulcrum. He that, is that, B. Yeah, that Daniel's hanging on to. <laughs> well, the, it's because this show doesn't realize it's a B level show. It's striving yeah. for A, but it's most definitely a B, and it should it should uh, own Embrace. it should own that. And this, I felt like this episode, it finally started to do that. And the Reverend here, he's been aware the whole time. That's why I've been clinging on to him. <laughs> All right. Well, just just to summarize, just to clarify, I'm getting the sense from the altar boy that uh, that he thinks that the black poison is out of Allison. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch a prediction later, which would uh, suggest that the black poison is not gone. So. The only I just recall seeing it in an episode leaving her. Um, I think that there's still something going on with her. One but time. I recall seeing her have the exodus happen. Sister Chelsea has a prediction. Well, I don't know here nor there, but um, from my extensive knowledge of this show, I'm pretty sure that it's in the daughter. I uh, hey. It left mummy, and uh, then Kyle passed out, and it went into the daughter. 
I think that the daughter's got something going on. And, uh, well, like, even that, um, I did see this much, even that intense shit she said to Kyle in the first episode, if all, everything she does seems kind of pointed. I don't know. Like, it's smarter than her age. Hmm. And they are vindictive, the demons. They are, they are trying to attack, right? Yeah. And it, and it seems like, especially at this point in the show, that, you know, it's not just one here and one there. It seems like there's this rapid, you know, meteor shower of demons that are just surfacing up into this small town and possibly the, the nation or the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, cause I, cause I want to get into it cause, cause Kyle and the Reverend are just sitting in the car watching his wife's house. The Reverend is aware instantly that this is a terrible idea and they're, but before you continue, Father Daniel, I just have one thing to make the audience aware of um, tonight. Uh, just so that they're aware. If if we ask Father Daniel a question and he doesn't respond, it's because his body has given up on him and he has passed out. <laughs> <laughs> just want to make that clear just as a precursor. Continue. Sorry to interrupt. Of You're making fun of my latent narcolepsy. <laughs> yes. It's, it's out of my control. It's basically a hate crime. It's a condition. Father uh, Daniel has, has a condition. Called latent narcolepsy. I like it. I thought it was just narcolepsy. Well, it developed late stage. <laughs> in th- and through my own, like, abuse of my own body. Hmm. Okay. Keep talking. Stay on abuse of your own body. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me? Are you, are you trying to get me to flog myself? I'm trying to see if I can make you do something vile that would... Uh, that you would get accosted for. No, no. I was actually doing that before the show. Right now I am on my best <laughs> godly behavior. Your God-fearing behavior. Mm-hmm. Lord will guide us. Does, do Kyle and the Reverend go straight to that like guy's house after they've been sitting in front of Kyle's wife's house? Well, first Kyle recruits his sister to look in on Allison to see if she's possessed without asking her, hey, is she possessed? Right. Because clearly his sister doesn't know anything. And then we do a, a hips, a hip hop, skip and a jump over to the uh, volunteer fire department to see Chief Giles. Yeah, so Chief Giles grills Chief Fire Chief about the barn and his eating buddy. breakfast. Yeah, yeah they, his they best tense, friend. Tense moment. Yeah, his his friend. Maybe his best friend. Is this is this the first time that we learn that his that the sheriff's best friend is the fire chief? Yeah, he's his best friend's a cracker. Well, yeah, I know he's a cracker, but I didn't. I, know, I didn't think we knew that he was also in like the law well, enforcement, you know, trilogy or whatever. Do you think that it's weird that he has a friend at all? Well, he is, is that what you're getting at? No, it's not that weird. That he has that a friend at all. That seems a little racist. No, it's not racist. God damn it! <laughs> Stop Are trying to put to racist, racist words and cracker and shit in my mouth. <laughs> Are you trying to say Trinity? You, the you're... law enforcement trinity. Who's yeah. the third? Ambulance well, drivers? Yeah, yeah it's like police and fire department are the trinity of law enforcement. Trinity, like the holy trinity. The trinity of emergency response, perhaps. There you go. That's a better way of saying it, yeah. Yeah. And and emergency response is also another way of saying God. So it's a trinity of faith. Of of faith. Yeah, it is man's representation of the holy trinity here on earth. Mm-hmm. I need like yeah. a I need like a holy like bling. Sound. Yeah, like like God and Jesus and the, and the Holy Ghost are also like water, ice, and vapor. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. 
Yeah, Trinity. Oh, it's mm-hmm. all connected, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they're back in the car. So after Chief Giles and the and the fire department chief, and I also think I don't think so. They just they had him over for dinner at the house or a late night drink or something, and didn't really divulge his occupation until that moment. Right, but let, let let's mention because at that party in the previous episode of that barbecue. You know, he lets he gives his buddy back his watch that he had found out that crime scene. And then today, now that there's been a fire out there, he comes back in and he's playing like he's just there to talk to his buddy and have something steal some food out of their fridge. But he's there to like lean in on him and be like, hey, weird how there was a fire out at that place where I found your watch. What the fuck do you mean? It was just kids. Haha, just joking. I'm on my way. Mm-hmm. And he also says, if if it was me and I was talking to my best friend, I'd be able to talk to him about whatever was bugging me or anything I needed to talk to. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Oh, you that can... happens later, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's in the vein of the 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 tone that he's taking toward him. Right. Well, either way, Giles wants to know what his buddy's doing before he drops the hammer, right? Yeah. He's still flirting around the point which is hey i went out to the woods and i watched you set that shit on fire why don't you come and talk to me about it <laughs> yo is that the watch that the dude from the office brought back mm-hmm. yes yeah. yes i brought it back yeah. roy roy from the office roy from yeah. the office david denman denman yeah. reverend and kyle are back on the road in the car where are they going well they go out to visit this this fellow in this in this house out why in the, in the woods. Gentlemen, why, why is this why? happening? It's because in last episode, they they revisited Mildred and found out that, well, she obviously had some fucked up shit still going on. Now, Kyle has been badgering and badgering the Reverend about doing such a shitty job that, that the Reverend is now forced to go and visit other people that he thought that he had treated. And they show up at this man's house because the man's daughter was uh, possessed not too long ago. And the Reverend had come and exercised her. And he's the Reverend's all uppity thinking that they're that the daughter's going to be fine and he's going to prove this shit to Kyle and instead the daughter has been missing for quite a while and is apparently living on the streets and acting weird. Mm. And then Kyle starts asking questions yeah, in a, in a dickish fashion. Yeah, Kyle's yeah, Kyle gets in there right away. Like there's they're trying to be polite and sort of skirt the whole like demon terminology, you know, like oh my daughter's been acting weird. Uh, thanks for the help that you gave us, Reverend. And then Kyle's just like, so you think the demon's still in her? <laughs> I, I'm loving Kyle's attitude in this thing. He's just, he's not crossing, he's not, he's not drawing a line in the sand on the exorcism thing alone. He's drawing a line in the sand to the Reverend's faith in his religion. He's like attacking him constantly. It does seem a little weird that that's happening because... If these are demons and they come from hell, then there should be, you know, a heaven. I think Kyle's just like, well, if if you're so godly, then why don't you have this power? Why do I have this power and I'm not godly? Yeah. Because he's would, the chosen one. But why I, would God give this to me? And why would he not, you know, if <clears throat> think, what's what's the line at some point? He's like, if, if God, if your God is real, he's laughing at you. Yeah, he does say that, which is kind of brutal. But I think Kyle, it's not that Kyle doesn't believe. I think he just has this more, you know, Al Pacino from Devil's Advocate take on it, which is that, you know, God is like an absentee father. He just sort of like puts things in motion and then sits back. He's not, he's not, he's, he's not, 
Landlord! Yeah, he's not like he's not quivering over each and every prayer, you know. That's the line. Absentee landlord. What a great Pacino impression. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that was not bad. Uh, what? Is that what that was? Yeah, that's so, what that was. It was so good. I want to go watch that now. Um, what I love what I love is that after they're done talking with this man and they get back in the car, the Reverend reprimands Kyle a little oh. bit, and I managed to pull that right here. Are you happy? Hmm? That man lost his daughter to the streets. How would you feel if it was your Amber we were talking about? I'd want to know the truth. That's how I'd feel. I'd want to know if my daughter was still possessed or not. You know, the whole point of this whole thing is for you to show me that your exorcisms have worked. I'm still waiting to see that. Apologize for being such an inconsiderate prick back there. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm doing this for your benefit, not mine. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Such a heartfelt apology. I feel like that's how I apologize I l- I love to that he, you guys. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I love that he calls him a prick, but I love more than anything just the sort of cadence of the Reverend's voice, and I love it when he says, "That man lost his daughter to the streets." That man lost his daughter to the streets. <laughs> I like the way he talks. He he puts Stop emphasis it. on every other word. <laughs> that's a preacher's Whoa. voice. <laughs> Now, come on now. Apologize for being such an inconsiderate prick back there. (laughs) (laughs) Apologize for being such an inconsiderate prick back there. I got to cut it down, though. Here we go. This might be better. Apologize for being such an inconsiderate prick. There we go. Yeah, you could say that to Nathan all the time. (laughs) I would bet my entire retirement pitch. (laughs) (laughs) That there's a demon... Stealing all your patience. Hey, can you guys take this seriously? That man lost his daughter to the streets. <laughs> She's just full of demons. Mm, can uh, I get a sorry? <laughs> sorry. Yeah. No, that's how you express all emotion, Alter Boy. Sorry? I I think <laughs> what if we discover during the recordings of this podcast that the altar boy becomes possessed. What? I think that would explain some of his sassy back talk. Ooh, it is very uncharacteristic of him. Uh-huh. Interesting. There's nothing going on here. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's yeah. great. So, uh, girl party, right? Sister yeah. stops by, talks with uh, with Allison. She, yeah. tells Al- she tells Allison previously that... Uh, she needs to try new things, and then in this moment in time, she's like, you know, some things need to stay the same. She should have a princess room. Mm-hmm. It's very contradicting. Because she's removing all the decals off the wall? Yeah. Why is she doing that? Because she's too old? Yeah, she's trying to, like, change change the scenery, change it up. You know, the kid's getting a little bit older. But it may not be that the kid is getting older and no longer needs you know, the childish patterns on the wall, but it might be that her daughter is just possessed. Yes. And yes, has it's been all like coming together. And has been saying cruel shit to her mother like I'm not a little kid anymore. What the fuck is this room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna piggyback on this prediction that it's the daughter, but I'm also gonna say that in this um meeting that happens with the sister and Allison, she opens up the vanity and there are what looks to be three separate prescription medications inside this vanity. And it makes me think about Mildred and all. Remember the table with the tons of prescription medications that were on the table? Yeah. Oh, interesting. 
Does medication have an impact on the demon's ability to hold total possession over the over the body? Is there something there with the, with the drugs? They're zooming in on prescription drugs in this vanity. What is it? Could 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 these prescription drugs actually be for the daughter? Right. Yeah, they could. They they could be. They could also be that. Yeah, they they definitely have some sort of purpose within the show and within how the demons deal with possessing bodies. It seems to be like it it keeps them less obvious. Yeah. So, Father Nathan, does does it stop Kyle Barnes from impacting them when he touches them? Right. Yes. That's the question because he touched both his daughter and Allison, and nothing happened. So in order for the drug, he didn't to... touch his daughter on the skin. Yeah, he did. She ran over to him, and he he touched and he her. He hugged her. No, he just hugged her. Oh, he, they, oh, they... he did touch her hand. No, oh, they may have also touched cheek to cheek. Yeah, he yeah. just admitted that he touched her. He touched her skin. The point is, is, I'm trying to find a way to use the drugs to make it so that the demon becomes dormant inside and is not prevalent at the forefront of the of the person's consciousness. So, therefore, when he touches, it, nothing happens. Right. I'm but if that's your thought, how come nothing happened when he touched or how come stuff happened when he touched Mildred, who's obviously on the medication also? Because Mildred is frustrated and wants to progress faster. She tried to like suck Sydney out of out of his body. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So she's she's getting antsy. She's off the meds. She's uh the fact that she's been taking them for a while means that she's been dormant at the front of the pew cheering the reverend on every Sunday, and her attitude just lately changed, right? So maybe she just went off the meds. Maybe. Am I reaching? That's a reach. No, I I th- yeah, I think, this is, I think the prediction on what the pills actually do or what purpose they serve may be a little vague at this point. But Okay, well, fuck it. Let's, let's keep going with Kyle and the reverend to the next stop, the next exorcism that didn't work. Carla's fins and feathers. Yeah, the pet shop. Yeah, yeah, the abandoned pet shop, basically. Yeah, basically. The guy that's living in the pet shop who's obviously possessed and is not on any meds. Yeah, he's not taking any meds because when he answers the door when they come a-knocking, he's you know more than happy to shake hands with the reverend and say hello. And then when the reverend introduces Kyle, he like reaches out for him and goes, oh, oh no, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, my wife's a fucking bitch. She's got the house. I don't give a shit. Oh, your yeah. wife left you? Yeah, what is that's what she got the house means. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? What happened to the business? Ah, fucking customers. So sick of them. Fucking fix- animals. Not the, the ones. Just stop serving them. Fuck this place. Ugh. The animals that walk in. My animal can't up. take wheat. Kyle sneaks up behind him to uh, to give him a massage. And boom, still possessed. Reverend, you suck at exorcism. Reverend zero, Kyle two. Yeah, big time possessed. Like when he touches his neck, he freaks the fuck out. Enough to throw Kyle aside and get away from him and then go for a shotgun. And there's a really tense moment where, who knows? He was yeah, so, I he was the so, Reverend might take a shot there. Yeah, he was so jacked up, I thought that he might let off a shot. It was kind of tense there for a while. Question. He's yes, a demon, demon-possessed guy. Why isn't he unloading? Why does he care? I don't he think they can kill the outcast. Conflict. Well, well the, he should be shooting the reverend in the belly. No, right? internal yeah. conflict. Oh, like the real him fighting with the possessed him? Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. There there appears to be 
like the better of a person or more genuine of a person you are, the more of a battle you can strike back against the possession because some of them just like take to it right away <laughs> and, uh, and other ones like you know have a real hard time with it they're the ones that that make it obvious that they're possessed because they're going in and out of personalities and getting violent and calm it's the other ones that are just sort of like already kind of evil or quiet and then they just kind of stay that way i have a prediction what The Reverend's stubble and the letting go of himself is going to continue, and he's going to look more and more ragged, and Kyle Barnes is going to shave. <laughs> They're going to swap faces. It's going to be like face-off. As the Reverend becomes more and more uh, confronted with all this failure that he's exhibited, that stubble and that unkemptness is just going to keep going and going and going. And as Kyle gets sharper and starts to focus in and hone in on his mission even more so, he's going to shave his beard and, and clean up. Uh, I hope he doesn't. Boom! Prediction! Uh, facial hair prediction. Excellent work. Yeah, facial real hair swap. Real strong. Real strong. <laughs> now, that was good. now uh, Kyle's sister, after they get out of the pet shop, uh, Kyle's sister gives him a call and says, no, your wife doesn't want to meet with you, but she does seem sort of distant and weird. And whatever you do, Kyle, do not bother your wife. And so then, what does he do? Exactly. <laughs> Father Nathan, what does he do? Uh, pretty much first thing he does is he saddles up on his horse and he goes uh, he goes to go visit. This is where we're going to see the uh, the daughter get touched. Now is... Yeah, he, he's right. He hangs up on her halfway through that sentence to yell at the <laughs> reverend to take him out to his wife's house. And the reverend says that he wants to be dropped off somewhere. Do we know where he goes? Uh, he contacts some people. Or he just kind of goes through. He just wants to take time with his Rolodex and sort of check up on a whole bunch of others just to well, confirm. No, he's what he's doing is he's looking for information on that girl that disappeared. Oh, okay. Yeah. He wants to go. That's where they go after. But that's what he's looking at is how he can go to find her. That's true. Yeah, he's doing like the the core reconnaissance. No, yeah. no, 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 no. He's guys. That's he's, what he says. He's drinking. Oh, yeah. obviously. <laughs> that would be great. He's like, I just need to find out what's going on, Kyle. All right, you come back and pick me up after you see your wife, and just beelines it for a bar. <laughs> <laughs> and during this interlude. Uh, we've got um, Sydney, Brent Spiner's character, going to Kyle's house. Oh, it's Kyle's house. Checking things out and laying on the bed. Just I was wondering yeah. whose place that was. And then Giles and uh, Mark Holter have a convo. Oh, yeah. They have a little conversation because Holter has gotten some DNA results back from the fingernail that he took from the um, crime scene that has thus been burnt down. Yeah, there's a missing woman and her DNA, her fingernail. Yeah. Rookie rookie CSI is is thinking that there's a dead body somewhere in the forest. Yeah, and he's ready to start, you know, uh, getting warrants and talking to judges and setting up crime scenes around the crime scene to start digging for bodies. And Giles has to remind him. Hold your roll there, super cop. You want to make a big homicide case? Yeah. Find out if she's gone, gone. Maybe she don't want this boyfriend of hers to know where she is. Find a parent or a sibling, someone she's not so eager to run away from. Do your follow-up, officer. I will do, Chief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
He sounds like me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just look. Maybe she, she's gone, gone. And hey. Maybe she don't want this boyfriend of hers to know where she is. That's what happens with all my ex-girlfriends. This is why he's the chief. Or is there another reason? Well, he wants a little bit of time so that he can kind of flush things out for himself with his best friend. But that is really, though, good advice as a cop to give another cop. Be like, whoa, before you start pointing fingers, just really nail it down that she is in fact missing. So there's no prediction about why he doesn't want to progress with this? I think it's because he knows that his best friend is the head of some sort of bizarre crime and he doesn't want to throw his friend under the bus without knowing the situation what the situation is himself first okay so we like him yeah yeah he was kind of shady in the first episode or so but he has since then been like exposing himself that he wants to do the right thing but then it's also his friend so he's kind of stuck in the middle gotcha gotcha and then kyle and then we get the kyle and goes to see his wife yeah just shows up Starts knocking on the window. His wife, of course, is terrified because she thinks the last time that that she spent any time with him in person was when she thinks or has been told that he beat the shit out of her. Mm-hmm. So much so that he has to lure her outside or to the doorway by standing down the steps at least like 10 feet away from her. And he just really wants to touch her skin. Yeah, that's what he he's does. there for. He doesn't, though. No, but he, he tries to. He, yeah, he tries but he's to. unsuccessful. Because he, he ends up grabbing her elbow, and she gives him a look like she just abused the shit out of him. Okay, we just watched the scene in the background here, and Chelsea, did did Kyle touch his daughter's skin anywhere? No, he doesn't. Oh, yeah. Uh, long sleeve shirt? Yeah. What about cheeks? No. Nope. It's, it's a sweater. Nope. He doesn't kiss her on the cheek or anything. He does hug her, and he is touching her arm and her back, or like her torso, but... No skin. Ha! Huh. Interesting. Yeah, but this isn't going to be a lovey-dovey moment, because as soon as the daughter comes rushing out, we get a bunch of conflict arising. I want to show you my new bike. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Awesome, awesome. Watch me ride it! Amber, don't make me tell you again. You're a mean bitch. Excuse me? Amber, hey! Don't you dare talk to your mother like that. You apologize. No. I want to live with you, Daddy. You're just saying that right now because you're mad at your mama, and that's not fair, okay? Right? You're he a does mean seem like bitch. A... Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He does seem like a good dad. Yeah. Doesn't he? Yep. Yeah, and, the, and, the, and his wife is honestly confused because we, we get some flashbacks to when she's in the hospital and wakes up after her exorcism and her face is all beaten up and the nurse and the cop are telling her that her husband did it to her. But she's confused by this whole thing because uh, until then... He had never done anything but overly apologize for everything that he did. He's been like a meek dude, so she can't really put two and two together that he would suddenly beat the shit out of her. Yeah. That's why she entertains talking to him at all. Yeah. Yeah. He really needs to just start opening his mouth and telling people why things are going on, but that doesn't happen. No, he, no, yeah, no, that was not, that's not going to happen. And they'll get a little bit more intimate later, but for now, the mom is pissed off because the daughter has been acting up and driving a wedge between them and it's already difficult with her as it is and so she tries to grab the girl and rush inside and Kyle does the awkward like elbow touch like he just grazes her elbow and she's like what the fuck weirdo I thought he grabbed it it looked like he grabbed it like a hard grab the second time I watched it 
Uh, okay. Either way, her reaction is great because it's just like, what? Like, it wasn't even like, don't touch me. It was like, why would you touch me like that? Yeah. <laughs> and then the camera shows her, like, breathing heavily with her back to the door. And, you know, we're we're sort of going back and forth on whether she's breathing heavy because she's just scared of her ab- allegedly abusive husband or if she's a demon that's like, whew, lasted another round. Right? It is. It is a moment of, I don't know what just happened that happens. Because you're like, is she a demon? Is she not a demon? And then yeah, uh, we're supposed to think that she is. We're supposed to be. We're supposed to not know and entertain both sides. Like Homeland. Yeah, that's exactly what it reminded me of. Is mm-hmm. Homeland? He's a terrorist. He's not a terrorist. He's a terrorist. <laughs> He's not a terrorist. Fuck this show. Yeah, possessed, um, not possessed. Possessed. Is he, is he not? <laughs> yeah. Um. After this, Kyle and the Reverend head over to the street kid after uh, Reverend uh, has his drinking. That man lost his daughter to the streets. <laughs> and that's where he goes because he finally admits it, right? The Reverend, when, the, when Kyle comes back from his wife's house and picks up the Reverend, the Reverend's finally ready to admit it. He's like, you're right. Everyone's still fucking possessed. I'm a schmuck. I'm sorry, but I got to go and try and make at least one thing right, which is hunt down where this girl is living on the streets and try to bring her back to her father, or exercise her, or both. I just want to make a quick comment about the address of the of the house that uh, Allison is living in. The One, basic bitch. One one nine six. Okay, I've looked it up, and one one nine six is also a leap year. What? What? <laughs> okay. Praise Jesus. Oh, I was about to like go Easter egg, but no, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I tried to look up. Which didn't. Like I thought you were going to be like, it's Latin for hell. Or like, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was trying to look up the demonic significance of 1196 and the satanic significance of that number. And that's uh, the best. There is none. You, is that it is also a leap year. Also is <laughs> in As in this year is a leap year. The satanic In the year show or in real life? In real life, 2016 is a leap year. 1196, also a leap year. Cosmic significance. Wow. Satanic leap year. <laughs> Anyways, Daniel, what were you saying? They're going to go and look for this girl. They're walking around the streets, talking to homeless oh. dudes. Not yet. We have other things that happen. What happens first? Oh, uh, maybe that does happen. I thought we got uh, Chief Chief and Chief meet up again with the chainsaw in between them this time. Oh, the Chief on Chief meeting? Sure, yeah, we can go over to that. Well, cheese. this is just the, the the tension increases. This is where Giles turns up the heat. Yeah, but there's uh, a significant piece of information that comes out in this scene. Yeah, and then we find out that Chief's instructions to CSI were actually good because the girl's not missing. Yeah, so gets, says her sister. We don't have actual confirmation that she's not missing. He gets that information while he's talking to him. There, he's about to like pull a gun on his friend, and then you know he gets the phone call that cools off the the moment right yeah and 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 to just lay this out there if you're coming to you know engage your friend in this beat around the bush super intense are you a murderer or are you my friend moment when you pull up in your car and you get out and you see him in the woods sweating pissed off with a chainsaw do you just get back in your car and go eh, maybe tomorrow <laughs> might be a good idea Right, he just braves it. He even unclips like his little uh, belt loop from his gun so that he has easier access to it. Like he expects something to go down. Yeah, he's steady. He's steady. Giles doesn't 
doesn't uh, turn away from confrontation. He doesn't turn away from from tension. He's like he's like the caretaker in The Shining. He just you know he just caterpillars up that mountain. <laughs> I feel like it's, that's got to be racist. Sorry, I don't see. I don't know. I don't see color. I am at one with God, as all children of God are. You saying Giles has The Shining? I'm saying that a lot of people have The Shining. They seem to be mostly white. That's racist. Well, Giles, The Shining is technically Holter. So yeah. Well, let's let's be honest here, okay? All the possessed people so far have been Caucasian. That's right. That's racist. Outcast is racist. A little bit of whitewashing happening. Can we get back to the storyline? White little boy, white woman, white old woman. It's a small town. Sydney's white. Sydney is white. It's a pretty white town. There's yep. a lot of racism. So they find out that uh, the missing person's not missing, so he leaves at the conversation. At, He's like, "You got your chainsaw. Have a good day." At the last second, though, like they are six feet from each other. He's got his hand on his gun. His friend is holding the uh, idling uh, chainsaw, looking at him like, "What? You want to fucking go right now?" And then the phone call, and then all of a sudden, whoopsie daisy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is his friend with the chainsaw, Chief Fireman, is he possessed? It's a good question. I don't think so. I think he's just a bad guy. What are you basing your decision on, Alter Boy? They er, everyone can't be possessed. That's what I'm basing everyone my decision on. Everyone is possessed in this town. <laughs> everyone appears to be possessed. And like oh. I was saying earlier, if they're already ruthless and evil, then the the difference isn't gonna be that noticeable. And he's white. Yeah, don't is forget that. Any, <laughs> have there been any incidences of like split personality disorder where they seem like really normal and then he was in a much better mood when he was uh, uh, invited over to their house for drinks? I'm talking more reverend style. Reverend style? Are you suggesting that the reverend is possessed? I'm just wondering if there's a basis for him trying to exercise all of these people and then genuinely not knowing that he can't doesn't have no. the ability. I don't I don't think so. There's too much unkemptness happening. He's breaking down as a person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he'll get possessed when he's at his lowest point. Right. Although I do like the idea that instead of uh, exercising people, he's like seeding people <laughs> and he's using Kyle's power to like help him do that that would be a cool direction for this show to go i don't think it's going there though i think the he's reverend like, is is genuinely just a, a sad sack a sad sack. <laughs> he's, he's like the personification of doctors in the 50s saying that cigarette smoking is good for you oh yeah because this reverend smokes big reason why i like him um <laughs> always though every single scene he is smoking it's necessary it's a character trait yeah it's great He's like a missionary on an Indian reservation. Um, Not even sure why you went that direction. (laughs) Nobody wants you here. (laughs) (laughs) What? I was just uh, recently watching that AMC uh, America West, America's West uh, documentary show. And yeah, the minute that uh, Native Americans were forced onto Indian reservations, they sent a bunch of Christian missionaries to... Take the savagery out of them. Sorry, carry on. Uh, yeah, that was very recent in Canada. <laughs> 15 years ago. 20 years ago. Oh, man, you bring up Indian reservations. 
I was just watching. I was just binging on a Banshee last night. Oh, and that's was a, it good? That's a core element of the show is that there is like a, a weird like race religion turf war between this Indian reservation and this Amish <laughs> colony. Native, Native American. Yes. Well, they, they constantly refer to it as an Indian reservation in the show. But yes, a Native American reserve. But it's a bunch of casino owners versus a bunch of Amish. <laughs> anyway, let's get to Shout now. Please. Shout out to America's West and, and Banshee. Banshee and carrying on. Uh, uh, Sydney heads over to Mildred's place. And this is the best part of the episode. This scene starts out zoomed in on the drugs. Yes, it does. You're right. That's why we we, de- we definitely know they're playing some part in it. Yeah, blue and purple and yellow pills on the countertop, and it is a tight shot zooming right in on the pills. Yeah, and this is a big reason why I like this episode is because we've had all this shit going down, all these revelations uh, with the Reverend and people still being possessed, even though we thought they weren't. We get to spend some time with the mother character or the wife of Kyle and finally learn some things from her. And in this scene with Sydney and Mildred, we're going to learn quite a bit. Yeah, they like collecting things. About what's going on in this town. Like like way more than I was expecting. Yeah, this leads to the whole Sydney is going to, especially Sydney's visit to Kyle's house. And in connection with this scene makes me think that uh, Sydney is going to befriend Kyle and try to mentor and tutor him in the wrong direction. Uh, also, I really need to know something. I need to know it bad. I, I pray to know. Mm. Uh, what is the merge? What What is the merge? Yes, what is the... I can't wait. <laughs> yes, they, yeah, because we're going to learn a whole bunch of stuff about this like weird demon universe. So one, uh, mm. there are lots of demons that are just springing up and taking over bodies. We They tell us that it's uh, completely random, whichever body you get to possess when you come up here, I guess is the right terminology. We learn that Sydney is like a lieutenant or something. He's he's much more special than the average demon because he's here to, quote-unquote, take care of Kyle Barnes and the Reverend. Um, he's also walking around like he's on some fucking adventure. Uh, once they come into possession of a body, they adopt and maybe even exaggerate whatever sort of collecting or hobby traits humans have. Like, I was eating it up. I was like, yeah, tell me more. And then finally... When Mildred tries to steal life energy from Sydney, which doesn't work, Mildred says that she's going to die in this decrepit body before she has a chance to experience the merge. Mm-hmm. Which means there's some sort of nightmare hell dimension that is going to fuse with our dimension, I assume, and rain hell on Earth. Hmm. That is a it lot. Begs the question, is there more warriors for the light like there. Kyle? out there more outcasts right but this is this was just show outcasts they call it outcast i still think that kyle is uh outcast from from hell and not from heaven yeah that's that's what it seems to be that we'll learn in the next scene i was just shocked that after many episodes of just sort of vaguely glossing over things they take the moment in this scene to just spill the beans on a whole bunch of shit yeah this is one of the better info dump scenes yeah that's happened in TV. It was super interesting. Normally when all that stuff happens, it's like it comes out in a not so interesting way. Can we ask some was... questions about Sydney? Yeah. Is Sydney going to 
visit all of them. All of the possessed people? Because he's now, he's, he's visited Kyle's house and he's visited Mildred. Is he going to continue to go around and visit all of the possessed people that we've now come to know? Uh, most likely, because that kind of keeps him in contact with the show. Will there be a scene with him at the Fin and Feathers? And Yeah, I think he's kind of like demon detectiving. So he'll like just sort of follow in their trail for a while and reassure the demons that are visited that, oh, no, 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 no. They're not going to come back here and have some heroic fucking exorcism ceremony with you. I'm oh, here to protect you. Sports reference. Um, He's like a GM that just got hired and he's scouting the farm team to see what prospects he has. Oh! <gasps> Is so why doesn't prediction? he just fucking deal with Kyle? Why is he like fucking around? No, they have to. They have to have like a coy dance that lasts three to five seasons. Alter boy <laughs> liked that reference, right? Huh? You like that one? I don't know. Yeah, new GM checking out his prospects. You like it? You love it? Come on. I'm not a. I'm not a fan of sports reference. Get down second, on your knees. Second yeah, question. Exercast. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! That guy hey. lost his daughter I'm to the streets. I'm sure to keep track. Of your behavior. So how about you lay off? Was that vile? Yes, that was vile. I was telling the altar boy to get down on his knees. That's a common position for him. Yeah, to receive his holy communion. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be doing that at the end of the show. Altar boy? Yes. I don't want you to be involved in anything that you're uncomfortable with. No, he loves this stuff. I want to ask a question about that um, guy that they encountered whatever episodes ago. In the prison with like that mm-hmm. doctor guy? Has he come yeah. back? No. As far as we know, he is still in that prison, uh, crazy as a motherfucker. Hmm. Yep. Although he might be exchanging bodies with his buddy. They kind of hinted at that, right? Well, oh, I guess that's possible. Yeah, if his buddy keeps coming and visiting him, I guess there's a time when he could eventually jump. I don't know why he would. Maybe his buddy goes to kill him and ends up becoming him. That could be. Are you making that prediction? Uh, Yeah, do it. Okay, do it. Prison demon-possessed guy will use his buddy coming to him and wanting to kill him as as a way of transporting into his body and becoming free again. Done. Because he he seemed different than the other ones, right? Oh, he's much more violent. Much more violent and much... You should should not watch the beginning of that episode. There is a violent rape. (gasps) Really? Of that, of his partner's wife. Murder. Rape murder. Rape murder. Yeah. It's really brutal. It's very violent. Okay. I just want to be clear that HBO got zero flack for this alleged murder rape and got ripped apart for Sansa's. Well, it's Close Cinemax. Up. It's Cinemax. No one's no one's watching this show. <laughs> <laughs> you should see the shit they do on Banshee. Yeah. I'm just saying that I thought Sansa's rape was very tasteful. Mm. Indeed. Oh. If you're, it's, <laughs> if you're gonna do, mentioned to get in a, in, a, in a twist about things. I guess so. It was okay. a tasteful okay. rape. All right, dark alley, trying to find the lost girl. The street urchin Sherry. The reverend trying to put things right. They find her, and oh my god. Father Daniel, take it away. What happens here? Okay, yeah, they corner her in sort of an abandoned parking garage or something, and 
she's a little confused by their presence and <laughs> Kyle touches her and she freaks out. Absolutely freaks out. Starts hitting people, falling to the ground. And there's an interesting part here because the Reverend starts doing his little song and dance with his two fingers up, making motions of crosses and getting into his little spiel. I love that stuff. But Kyle grabs the girl's face. That's where the skin is. Yeah, that's where the skin is. It makes sense. But the Reverend keeps telling him to beat the shit out of her like usual. But Kyle this time (laughs) wants to take a different approach. Also, before... Uh, he gets hot and heavy with her in the whole <laughs> exorcism thing. She's going to give us another kind of info dump about what's going on. She's going to refer to herself and the, and the other possessed people as the nameless and the numberless. They look to Kyle not as like a demon law enforcement Dexter character. They look to him as a leader, as someone to provide guidance and life force from. So he they call him the outcast, but... He's got this bizarre role that they allude to that I wasn't quite expecting. Like he is on like his character seems to be spiritually on the fence. He could maintain this role of being uh an exorcism specialist or he could become the leader of the demon army. I don't know if I'm I I think that might connect with Sydney luring him towards the wrong path. Maybe Sydney tries to become his mentor and manipulates him in that direction but he revolts against it maybe like maybe both sides like every once in a while god and satan sort of throw out like a like a hero being onto earth and then both of them come and try to manipulate him and at at the peak of the manipulation is there going to be uh an angelic um counterpart to sydney that appears that's yeah, there there could be. We haven't really seen any of that though. We've seen a lot of the demon forces at play. We haven't yeah. really seen any countermeasure whatsoever other than Kyle and and the Reverend, but they're both sort of grimy, you know, gray morality characters. We haven't seen any sort of equivalent to what the demons are or what Sydney is. Can I ask a question about the black poison? Yes. When it when when the demon leaves a body and it is the CGI black goo. Um is it dead? Does it continue to exist beyond that point? Or does exiting the body and dissipating into the world end that demon's existence? Right, yeah, does it... I keep thinking that it doesn't because I feel like it the escapes. demons come it's back. It's invents. Like, they come back like they know each other. Right, but in this episode, when the black goo leaves the girl in the dark warehouse uh, parking garage scene it looks like it dissipates more than any other scene before this with that involves the black goo the black goo doesn't appear to go anywhere it appears to just dissipate into the air and vanish yeah right it it could be disintegrating it could be returning to the ether and rejoining itself but but in or ultra boy the reason that um all the demons act like they know each other is because they are each other they seem to be all be part of the same amorphous hell blob, according to the conversation that right. S- Sydney and Mildred were having, which was how disgusting it is that humans strive so hard to be individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And do we want to start keeping a tally of how many people Kyle puts in a coma? Yeah, well, there's only a couple also- now. Well, that, that's what I want to. I want to. I actually want to touch on that because the reason 
when Kyle takes a different approach by using his hands and just sort of like trying to reason with the demon and just keep it locked down under his touch, instead of it having this like brutal fight scene, the demon just like cannot take it anymore and completely exits the body, like spewing into Kyle's face and eventually just engulfing him completely and lifting him up in the air like one of those cartoon fight clouds where people's like arms and fists are coming out of it. <laughs> And just sort of like wraps him around and wrestles him in the air for a while. And it's like crazy. That's another reason why I like this. That's why I was like, this is embracing the B-ness. Because that's what, that's what this scene is happening here. With this like weird CG goop and floating around in the air. And then it completely dissipates. And that girl is comatose. Just like his mother. Which means a big conflict all of a sudden. Which is that can these people even be exercised? Yeah. They just become invalid after and then, uh, so what happens next? Kyle and uh, the rest go and, and deal with the whole comatose nope, thing nope. with the father at the hospital? The kid is uh, possibly dead. What kid? Well, the, the the girl that the goop came out of. She's definitely in a coma. Oh, yeah. That, but, but what about Kyle's kid? Don't they go to Allison's house and there's red paint? Uh, oh, right. Yeah, they lure you upstairs with the, oh, it might be blood, red goop mm -hmm. situation. And, yeah, she's painting the walls and putting paint all over the fucking carpet. What a fucking little brat. Oh, I, with the you second, must hate that. Nathan, Nathan, or Father Nathan, the second I saw the red paint on the carpet, I was like, oh, Nathan's <laughs> writhing in his chair right now. <laughs> I can't handle it. It's too much. Okay. Question. Why the fuck does she have blood red paint in her garage? That's just a good color to have on hand. And, uh, yeah, I haven't seen any blood red walls painted in her house. And how did that little girl know how to open the fucking paint can? She's I possessed by a demon. I still can't open paint cans, and I am 25 years old. <laughs> well, no, she, I'm sure she can, surely the girl can figure out how to open the can. The, the, the more, uh, you know, clued in part is that, yes, she just wants her walls deep deep red and honey when you're 25 years and 11 months old you should just say 26 <laughs> 30 i'm just gonna round it up to 30 to make you feel better i'm so 140 months old <laughs> yeah, that's perfect um yeah so yeah that also speaks to her being possessed i think this whole scene with her painting the walls makes her seem possessed i'm convinced now that this daughter is possessed i'm so smart but there but the show's still making you think maybe the mom because when the mom sees what the girl has done she loses her shit yeah but only until the next scene when kyle comes home right but wait before is this before that we get we get the reverend praying over sherry at the hospital yeah. realizing they freed her vegetable soul <laughs> yeah they freed her that's what i kept thinking of the second that they showed her in the hospital with a dad like hovering over her i was like oh great yeah all he had to deal with was like vaguely knowing that his daughter was alive but being a street urchin somewhere now he has this endless hospital bill and this vegetable daughter to take care of and i was like wow they really fucked this guy can we and this can is we... where your quote comes in father nathan where god's not fucking listening and he, if he is out there, he's laughing at you. Right. I did pull yeah. a scene of their interaction, if you guys want to hear it. Oh, oh yes, do we? Yes, we do. Wake up, Reverend. All these souls you think you're saving with God's infinite wisdom. It's bullshit. Look at her. And 
Brian and Mildred. That man in there is praying for a miracle that you and I both know is never going to come. Because no one's fucking listening. No one's listening. Oh, and I hear that they're playing the new theme music in the background. You know what was good is the reverend's breathing in that. It's like he's about to have like a, a panic attack. Oh, yeah. He's like thin-lipped, pale. He knows that this is fucked up and that it means a whole a whole lot of things. It means uh, if this is the same thing that happened to Kyle's mother, that full demon extraction is not a good thing. So then what is happening? Mm-hmm. These demons are like too tightly woven to these body hosts that they've taken is there something different that they should be doing to get these demons out? Because this is too like too traumatic to the host body. Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's something to that. There's a way of extracting if the demon's been in there for too long and has wrapped its tentacles around too much of the person's soul. I would like to actually put a poll up on the posting for this episode. I would I would like the poll to say, do you feel that um extracting the demon and leaving the person a vegetable is a win yeah is that a yes or no yes no maybe well that's because at during that argument is the at at the hospital the reverend indicates that he thinks it's a win (laughs) i think it's a win yeah he says i feel bad that they're vegetables or like I, i grieve for their souls or whatever he says but yeah he considers it that they're at least now with god but then he has that's weird because they're not dead. Yeah, they're not sets, with anyone. That's not that's a win. That's what sets Kyle off. No, I re- I read this book once when I was but a child, and it was pretty much about a a girl in a coma and her whole experience. And I still believe that I don't know. Wait, is it a true true story? You think she gets to hang book? out in coma? heaven? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be worried about, you know, people are like, oh, pull the plug if I'm ever a vegetable, but you don't fucking know. Maybe it's like, oh, thank God, I just get to lay here and do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've always wanted. Well, she has, it's a whole book about her perspective, about what's happening, and they're debating whether or not to keep her on life support, and she's, like, alive in there. So. Yeah, but in uh-huh. this in this battle of souls, right? Sorry. she's not in heaven, she's not in hell, you know, she's stuck in those bodies, and the Reverend, Reverend uh, needs to come to terms with that. It's bullshit. Look at her. Look at her. <laughs> All right. Okie dokie. Are we, are we done traveling the road before us, gentlemen? No, we have to talk about how he embraces his wife at the end and oh, right. locks they her mouth. They have a makeout sesh. Yeah. yeah they yeah, they, they swap saliva. Okay. Well, talk about it. Well, I don't know. I didn't she's watch She's not that. possessed. <laughs> She's not possessed. That's the point. He touches her on her face. He kisses her. He's Yeah, he gets all those fluids in there. Lots of fluids. She's definitely not possessed. It's it's confirmation. It's it's confirmation that the daughter is possessed. That's what it is. Whoop whoop. I just want to say one thing here. Uh, all the closing songs in every single episode so far have been fantastic. And what about the opening songs, Alter Boy? Um Really I wish lie. that the trailer music, the one that we play on this show, was the mm-hmm. opening song. I know. It's just like a lot of it's stale so like, noises. I don't really get it. It doesn't jack me up. Nope. No, it's just meant to be vaguely creepy, not memorable. Yeah, I'm going to write a formal complaint letter to HBO. Or, sorry, Cinemax. Cinemax, yeah. 
Yeah, but I, I like strongly to, worded. I'd like to and point. Make sure you include eleven ninety six as a reference. Yes, yeah. yes, leap year, yeah. leap year. Right. Yeah, hashtag eleven ninety six. Hashtag satanic leap year. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to point out though that Kyle's wife is the one that calls him back for a visit, and not that he comes there on his own accord at the very end. I'm sure it's because she fears for her daughter's life. She knows something is weird. Something's up, right? And she wants to know if Kyle's different and they kiss and we're all like, whoa, I guess the fluids and touching don't matter for her. Maybe she's not possessed. The girl, the daughter, I think even though we are all here predicting that she is possessed, it doesn't quite confirm it in this scene. It's more about him and his wife. But she does grill him. Like, please tell me what actually happened the day that I went to the hospital because I don't think that you beat the shit out of me. Something else fucked up happened and he just will not even look at her. It's it's so obnoxious. It's absolute confirmation. Right, because something weird's going on in that house. And if it's not her, then it's the daughter. And I'm sorry, no, how old is that fucking girl? Six? Yeah. Five? Around there. No five-year-old calls their mom a bitch. You're a mean bitch. Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me? I have a a prediction. What? The next time we podcast, Daniel will pass out and not attend. You apologize for being such an inconsiderate (laughs) prick. (laughs) That man lost his daughter to the streets. That man lost his daughter to the streets. (laughs) That man lost his daughter to the streets. Um, Yeah. Uh, In turn, uh, would you like to lead us in in prayer tonight and in conclusion to our episode about the road before us? uh, Yes, I would like us all to put our hands together and welcome the cleansing. I'm going to have to put down your leash, okay? Don't run away. Go ahead. What the hell? We need to put our hands together and welcome the cleansing with a vegetable fever Hmm. and welcome the holy light and bask in its unmoving glory for the rest of our living lives. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and Ghost. Amen. 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 Sister? Living living full lives, right? Is that what it was? Unmoving. Unmoving lives. Yes. Bask in it. Basking yes. in, in the living of the lives. <laughs> That's correct. Amen. 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 S- Sister Chelsea, will you be sacrilegious with us? Uh, no, I follow the light, the Lord of light, the light of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Got Game of Thrones on us. G-O-T. Yeah, Lord of, Lord of light. Okay. Um, the light of the Lord. Well, it's bullshit. Yeah. Look at her. That's right. It is bullshit. <laughs> what? I pray that the vile is stricken from these poor souls and that they continue to follow the light of the Lord. Okay. Jesus Christ. Sounds good. Whoa, that was blasphemy. <laughs> wow, yeah. Really. That was fucking blasphemy. Sort of just took everything you said and just threw it in the garbage. That was vile. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry? You are vile. Um... Sister Wild Chelsea, thought. thank you for joining us. Alter boy, Father Daniel, what do we do? We uh, we direct people to go to the sadsackstudios.com website. Check out our after show, after the show of Outcast, the Exercast. And join us next time for a rundown on episode six. Mm. 
episodes. How many are in the season? Too uh, many. Eight, ten, twelve? Well, I know the next one will be on time. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's doubtful. <laughs> yeah, that's questionable. Uh, let's see if I can give you that information right now. Eleven. Eleven, Eleven episodes. Eleven episodes? What is that all no, about? I think it's actually just ten in the first season. Okay. Ten makes sense. And the next episode is called From the Shadows It Watches. Ooh. Yeah. So like Father Nathan said, go to sadsackstudios.com. That's where you're going to find uh, all of these little uh, mini-series and experimental sideshows that we do, uh, as well as um, explanations on all the other podcasts that we do with the links that take you there, like Trailer Park Podcast, 100 Lunatics Podcast. And I think, speaking of sideshows... Uh, Father Nathan, Alter Boy, did you guys recently post another episode of Advantage Deuce? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. The Wimbledon edition. Check that out. Yep. All right. Uh, you can reach me at 100 Lunatics. You can reach Father Nathan at T Park Podcast or at I Hate Horror. You can reach the Alter Boy at the Intern TPP. And Chelsea, of course, no social media presence. Off the grid. Off the grid. Next time, episode six. Amen. 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 <laughs>